Okay, we got some more news over the weekend regarding Netflix. They, of course, made all kinds of headlines last week after announcing they'd lost a substantial amount of money and subscribers. Yes, their subscriber base uh, took a hit in the ever-increasingly competitive world of streaming. In fact, there's a story that uh, is making the rounds here this afternoon that uh, Netflix is actually considering, how about this, going after live sports. That's right. Go to Netflix for live sports. So Netflix might be more than just movies, no longer be just about movies and documentaries and TV shows, because, of course, live sports and news still garners a substantial audience. You can still get a a critical mass, if you will, watching something like a live sporting event. Alyssa Freeman is our pop culture media expert, and she joins us now for more on all of this. Alyssa, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy to be here. All right. We hear that Netflix uh, and this broke shortly after news broke that they weren't doing all that well, both with their earnings and their subscriber base, that they're going to go after password sharing. Uh, Do we know any more about that? They're going to be, from what I can gather, they're going to offer a different price structure. So you're already paying, which has also been uh, raised, your Netflix fee per month. But if you want to add on other subscribers, there will be sort of an extra member fee. They don't say what that is. It might be five bucks, could be 10 bucks. But so first of all, Netflix, uh, existing Netflix uh, customers are going to have to absorb the sticker shock of paying more. And I have to tell you, I get Netflix and I honestly don't even know what I'm paying per month, but I should. I know I know it started out at $8 and it's not that anymore. Right. <laughs> then I have shared my password with a family member. And so obviously I'm not going to be able to do that again. So what I wonder is, A, I don't think that they're going to be able to cut off all those accounts, but maybe they can. So if there's extra accounts that I maybe don't have the same IP address, number one, but number two, there will be an extra member fee. And that is going to really either set, it's either going to work and set a new standard for the industry. So all those streaming services will do the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Disney plus followed suit, if Apple Plus followed suit. I mean, the whole notion of password sharing is something that's fairly ubiquitous in our culture. You know, if you want to hook onto Wi-Fi, you go up to the sales clerk and say, in a store and say, oh, can I have your Wi-Fi password or in a restaurant? Yeah. So that's going to set a whole new standard because if it works, everyone else is going to do it too. All right. Is this the path forward, do you think, for Netflix and streaming in general? Because I would argue, and you bring up a very good point that, uh, yeah, initially, I think we all paid like eight ninety nine for Netflix. And I think in our minds, for the most part, we like that price. And it's uh, in our minds still that price. But if you went and looked at where you're getting charged now, it's probably 15 maybe even closer to $20. And I think a lot of people with uh, inflation now and the rising prices of everything, they're starting to get a little more choosy, a little picky, and making some uh, you know, I guess tough decisions, if you will, about their streaming services, just how many they're going to have and how much they're willing to spend for them. And if, uh, you know, Netflix increases their price, is that really the way forward for them or anybody else? Well, that's true. So if you think about it, and I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jeff, like how many streaming services are you actually paying for? So we have Netflix, we have Disney Plus, which is what, 16 bucks a month. I have Apple Plus. So if I add that all up, I have to think, well, how much am I really watching of each of these? And what are they really offering me that I absolutely need to have? Is it a want or is it a need? And that's what consumers are going to think about. Now, earlier you said that uh, Netflix was thinking of getting into streaming sports. And I mm-hmm. have to tell you, I think that's a great idea. 
I'm yeah. an F1 fan. And believe me, on Sunday mornings, every two weeks or whenever it is, I'm looking on my Rogers cable to see how I can, you know, find find the, the latest F1 race. But if you are a fan of a sport, you will basically do anything you can in order to make sure you are in on the action at that time and at that place. And I think that that is a really interesting strategy that they should follow up on. I can only imagine the next time the NFL rights come up and the bidding war that's going to be because it's no longer your right. Kind of the major American networks that have traditionally had it. And then, of course, we saw these uh, specialized sports channels, ESPN in the States and the like, get some NFL games. But if Netflix starts getting into that game, I mean... How much would that boost their subscriber base and how much more could they charge if they had NFL football exclusively? I mean, that would be a blockbuster monster deal. It would be huge. They would pay a lot for it, but Netflix is used to overpaying for content as it is. And I think, Jeff, that if you look back to see about Netflix spending patterns on getting content, I think that they were just so intent, especially in the early days and especially over COVID, with overpaying for content just so they would have it on their streaming service, knowing that other uh, players were coming into the game. So if they were to offer a sports package, I think that they would emulate what the cable companies are already doing. So if you want those extra NFL games or if you want those extra sports, you buy it on top of an existing package. Or if you don't care about the rest of Netflix and you just want the sports, then you would probably be able to buy into that. And that could be a huge uh, revenue generating gambit. All right. Are we seeing just basically an industry in its infancy, just kind of trying to figure itself out, that being streaming? Alyssa, do you think that uh, this is just a growing pains and, you know, not all companies, not all, uh, you know, businesses are going to survive uh, here? Because I think there's so much choice now for consumers, whether it be, you know, your traditional cable package, all of these streaming services now, not to mention, you know, we stream music these days and do you pay a monthly fee to, to Spotify? Uh, I think, again, back to the price thing, that uh, a lot of families are getting $15 a month to death. I agree. And I think that what's going to happen now is survival of the fittest. So if you look at all the streaming services that are available to somebody, I mean, listen, you know, there's the top three that I can think of, but you know, there's Hulu, there's, there's many more that are going to start coming on board and everybody wants their piece of the pie. So it's one thing to say, well, let's jump on this bandwagon, but it's another thing to say is to have the business infrastructure and to be able to not just jump on the bandwagon, but to have also have longevity at the game too. So when Netflix started, I think it was like a bit of the Wild West. They were the only player in town. So I think it was a bit of a spending free-for-all. But now there's competition. And whereas before, when they knew that people were sharing passwords, it was like, ah, we don't care. You know what? We're the only game in town. Let people do what they want. But now, I mean, if you had done some business planning or done some projections or some if-then scenarios and said, well, if there's more players, then, then what happens? So now they're suffering those pains. And I, I would say that every business goes through t some type of growing pain trajectory. And this is definitely one for Netflix. All right, Alyssa, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you as well about this uh, Ask Reddit thread that uh, was trending over the weekend. People were on Reddit and they were naming their No Skip albums, which basically is what do you believe is an album that is perfect from start to finish, back to front, that you can listen to the entire way through, that there's no skips. You don't hit skip over one song or any song. What album for you stands out as the best No Skip album? 
you know, I looked at that list, Jeff, and I saw that there was Fleetwood Mac and I would have said, okay, rumors. Yes, that was absolutely huge. But then I was starting to think back to my youth and I came up with Boston's initial album where they had a number of singles that were hits. It was, One of them was More Than a Feeling. Yep. And I defy anybody who's sitting in the car when that song comes down, sunroof gets open, windows go down, and you know you start singing at the top of your lungs. So I'm going to say that. I also told the producer that I thought if I think really back far to my youth, which is really cranking it far, I would go with the Partridge Family because that I Think I Love You was a very seminal song in my life at that time. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you know, that Boston album, the first album, you're right, because uh, More Than a Feeling obviously is the biggest hit from it, but I'm just looking at the track list right now, Alyssa. It's More Than a Feeling, Foreplay, Long Time, Peace of Mind, Smokin', Rock and Roll Band, Let Me Take You Home Tonight. Uh, I don't think there's a skip Let me there. Take you home. Tonight. Okay, never mind. I'll stop singing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Alyssa, thank you so much. Good to catch up with you this afternoon. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. You bet. Alyssa Freeman, pop culture media expert. And when we come back after the break, we're going to uh, continue this uh, theme, if you will, from uh, Ask Reddit over the uh, weekend, this Ask Reddit thread. What is your no skip album? One triple eight two two five talk If you're listening in London and in Hamilton, 416-870-6400 if you're listening in Toronto this afternoon. What album for you rises really above all the others? Is there one album that is a true no-skip that every song is a winner? What do they uh, like to say in this business? It was all killer and no filler, right? <laughs> what is your no-skip album? one 225 talk in Toronto at 416-870-6400. Back with your calls and takes next. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.